Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, immediate past president of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hey, this is Jacob Dantone, the current audio chair of Add to Houston. Today in the show, we have Zach Reed. Zach is a creative copywriter with Lopez Negrete Communications. He's a former Add to Houston membership chair and also a really good friend of mine. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Huh? Yeah. Excited Absol to get started today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are very excited to have you. I'm very happy that you're back in town. Uh, so, you know, let's go ahead. Uh, but you know what? Before we get started, let's do something we always do with all of our guests. Sure. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you connected with Ad2 and the American Advertising Federation? Oh, gosh. I got connected <laughs> with the AAF back as a junior in college. So that was during the NSAC competition. That was the first oh, yeah. time we went to all of the big meetings and, you know, the traditional dining rooms and got to, you know, shake and grease hands with everybody. Uh, since then, you know, the biggest thing we're taught in college is like, go network, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's no better place to do that than, well, if you're a young person to add to. And if you're a seasoned professional, you know, AAF, because they mean well with everything they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what, what school do you go to? I went to Texas State University. Texas State? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Cool. Okay, Zach. So I think Guido mentioned earlier that you were a copywriter. Uh, at what point in your life, in your career, whenever, did you decide you wanted to go into copywriting? So I started really early. Uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, we would write skits. Oh, cool. And then we oh, would have to, fun. yeah, we'd have to act them out at like winter camp and we'd all get on stage. So that was when I decided, you know, I really liked, you know, directing all these, you know, little 10 year olds yeah. to, <laughs> you know, go and strike poses and deliver punchlines. <laughs> that was really fun. And then that was kind of the first interest in like getting into, you know, directing people, getting them where they need to go, just being creative. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of pointed towards advertising, whatever. I don't know if you guys remember the Geico commercials with the pig. They would go, no. yeah, barely. It would stick its head out the window. It was like that. Yeah, 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 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was just the most creative and funny and eye-catching thing I had ever seen. And like, this is a, you know, seven-year-old who watches cartoons like, <laughs> yeah. all day, every day. So for that, that just really means something. You know, that's kind of turned into a gift horse in the mouth because, you know, <laughs> anything to catch the eyes because insurance is such a, you know, bland product. Yeah. And it's just, you know, learn trade later on. But I think those two things are definitely what kickstarted it. Yeah, I remember that commercial specifically because Geico just has such iconic, uh, you know, advertising campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I know they brought them back when they were doing their uh, best of campaign. So yeah. I was a fan of that pick too. Oh, yeah. They got, yeah. they just left it all on the table and yeah, it was great. Absolutely. So, you know, you just mentioned that you kind of got started in with the Ad Federation through the Inside competition, right? Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that the experience was like for NSAC? Because that's actually, that actually just happened this weekend yeah. in Austin. So that's a really interesting uh, thing to platform off, especially in Texas. Yeah. So as a lot of people know, you know, Texas's district is District 10, which is a super district. So there's yeah. like twice as many teams competing in NSAC than like any, yeah. a lot of the Basically other districts. I think there's like one other super district, isn't there? 
I believe so, but I don't know which one it is. But yeah, just definitely, we're, I, I think we're the biggest one. Well, uh, if you want to know, just do a quick Google. I'm sure you yeah. guys can find it. There you go. <laughs> uh, but jumping off that, you know, it's a really big district to get involved in. And it shows whenever you go to the events, like the grandiose of uh, going and presenting or watching your team present, if you're on the presentation team, <clears throat> an entire campaign for a real client, which you've probably never done in college. Maybe there's some ambitious people who go do some freelance <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is really recommended. But as far as what Texas State does, like it's your entire class. So if you're not on the competition team, you do a creative campaigns class and you like make mock-up campaigns. But if not, then you take uh, NSAC instead and it covers that same course. So I actually ended up, because of my course load, taking it twice. So I actually did oh, wow. uh, NSAC two years. So I did it for Taipei, oh, uh, which okay. was the microwavable, and then Ocean Spray the following year. And... You know, you get to spend basically a semester, maybe two, depending on your college, working and researching. Oh, I think nice. uh, some places do research the first semester, and then the other ones will do the campaign and, like, media plan the next semester. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of legwork, but in terms of real-world experience, it's probably the best you can do short of an internship, and it basically is one. Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually didn't do that because of uh, when I graduated – um, but I do know that Dave uh, NSAC, uh, the National Student Advertising Competition, has had a lot of really cool clients. You know, they had oh, yeah. Adobe at one point. They oh, had yeah. Oculus recently. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was this year. I, I really missed it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's definitely a place where people can really hone their skills, right? Uh, and I think kind of see what part of the industry they want to join because maybe you want it to be a, you know, creative. Yeah. Uh, but then you find out you're really good at planning, right? So maybe yeah, you know, it's time to adjust uh, to that. I'll say, um, well, <clears throat> it's possible to do it. You know, for two years, yeah. I I know a lot of people aren't thinking that forward career wise, especially yeah. in college. Um, which you know you should be, but yeah. well, uh, everybody procrastinates. Life happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when you go and you test it out, it's a good like. Since it's usually the last class you take, I mean, campaign is yeah. usually senior, junior level. It's hard to kind of shift gears at that point. But if there is a time to do it, it's definitely then. And you'll get a better taste for it than anywhere else. Absolutely. And as far as NSAC sexy clients, you know, <laughs> we didn't really get, uh, you know, cranberries aren't exactly Ocean's a fun not product. Sexy? Yeah, oh. you know, microwave <laughs> products aren't exactly. I, I wish we'd gone a little more on the Geico stream to just pull yeah, the yeah, eyeballs. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> and, and I... And even if you don't get something like Adobe or like Oculus, which are, you know, very fun and visually yeah. and very, uh, as my mom would say, swish. Yeah. <laughs> swish. Uh, they, you know, if you don't get something that's like that, it's a bigger challenge. And if you yeah. can overcome that and make it good despite that, then you can really work for any product and you Absolutely. can work anywhere. Right. So I'd recommend doing it even if it's not for the most <laughs> fun client. I gotcha. So you work for Lopez Negrete Communications as a creative copywriter. That's correct. Uh, could you tell us what being a creative copywriter entails? And honestly, is it in what what's the differences between creative copywriter to like a basic copywriter or like any other kind of copywriter? So the the biggest difference I'd say for being a creative copywriter versus you know your run of the mill copywriter, aside from salary <laughs> because i'll be honest uh the less creative ones generally get paid more like if you're working on sales copy you can get paid commission really uh, so yeah, you yeah. can take that and you can leverage it to make a lot more in your career people who do copywriting specifically for sales driving or marketing or even like seo 
uh, generally get paid more, but they're working with, you know, formulas, guaranteeing sales, you know, they've got lots of research to back up their stuff. And that's still stuff we do. Mm -hmm. Whereas creative stuff is, you know, more set on the idea, right? Right. So like the idea of the campaign or versus the idea of, uh, you know, a whole script or a whole activation. So yeah. whereas like more digital stuff, you might have an idea for like an email campaign, but it's not necessarily across every medium. Like right. a lot of like uh, well-funded creative campaigns are, you have to go, you know, print, digital, yeah. radio, like you have to do everything. <clears throat> uh, whereas if you're more of a specialist for copy, you might do less. Uh, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing with being creative. You work in all the mediums. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you're the master of all of them. But in the meantime, nice. you know, yeah. you kind of get spread then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you are, like you say, a creative copywriter. You are working on different mediums, different campaigns. And the thing about being a copywriter is you need to be flexible, right? You need to adapt to whatever client you're working with. Absolutely. Right? You, wanna, you need to know their voice. Um, so what is your process, personally, to adjust your writing to the client. So I would say this isn't just my pro process because mm -hmm. my process <clears throat> is a Frankenstein of all the other processes <laughs> I've read, I've seen, you know, I've been uh, taught under, you know, you learn from a lot of people yeah. where you work or your college professors or just uh, getting on LinkedIn, like join a copywriter group, you know, yeah. see what people have been doing it for a while, been doing. But the, uh, if you flip a coin, one side of the coin is copywriting, right? right. That's the writing side. The other side is copy reading, uh, right. which is you doing all the research. You know? yeah. So yeah. say you're working on a client. Uh, I'll use a hypothetical example. Say you're working on McDonald's, right? Yeah. They want you to make a brand spanking new campaign for the uh, McRib, you know? Yeah. Oh. And it's back again. again. <laughs> I hope so. So what you got to yeah. do is you have to pull every single campaign they've ever done reintroducing the McRib, and you've got to look at everything they did. You got to look at what performed well. You have to read it. You have yeah. to know what it's going to sound like, how you want it to sound like, what worked, and what you want to be different this time around. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got to work with, you know, the creative director and the client to get it to where you want it to be. Uh, I would say that's probably the most important bit is just drowning yourself in what's previously been done as well as beyond, like, just the McRib for this mm -hmm. example, right? Yeah. So also getting into uh, what have they done for fries, you know? What's the style of the McDonald's prints? They have a very unique style they yeah. do on social media. It's very much like, here's the food, yeah. nothing else. It's very clean. It's very direct. Mm -hmm. And it's usually got some form of like double exposure. I don't mean that like in the literal yeah. like, graphic sense. I mean that like it's, you see one thing, but it means two other things at the yeah, same time. And you get it all in one second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely uh, a lot of research. And like yeah. you said, right? yeah. you need to acquaint yourself with the client. Uh, that makes a lot of sense because, especially if already a an already established client, <clears throat> there is precedent yeah. as to what they do and what has worked. So you want to make sure that you do that. And also, I really hope that my rib comes back. <laughs> R.I.P. my rib. Uh, I will isn't say, it, isn't it back? Wasn't it back? No, last time was it, recently. I, I think it was it's going the last again. One. Is it? I think it walked out the building. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't go to McDonald's. Time, so. I, don't know. Uh, I will say, <laughs> if you're working with a client that doesn't have precedent, yeah, as far as figuring out tone, yeah, because uh, I'm, 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 I'm anticipating that to be your next question. Yeah. You don't, if you don't mind me thinking ahead here, you've got a pattern. I've listened to the other yeah. shows, <laughs> but uh, without 
precedent, I think it really comes down to the brief, which isn't always going to be your best guidebook. Yeah. But developing that relationship with either the client or with the accounts team, or if you have a smaller team, just whoever's handling that, yeah. to get to know what the usual stuff is. Like, what are they looking for? What do they like what they see? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And some some clients will be like, hey, we don't have anything for this. We're, you know, we're just starting up. Say you're like, we're going to small business, right? Yeah. Uh, run with it. And you get to creatively compound it. And then you kind of make your own plan and you'll work from there. But if you don't have that luxury, you know, really get to know them, get to know what they like, and then find a way to make it work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So you work or you have worked with like smaller, smaller clients, bigger clients. Yes. Walmart being an example of a bigger client. What are the pros and cons of working with the different sizes of eight, of uh, clients within the agency? Or from an agency perspective, I should say. Yeah, I'm just, I'm taking a second to pause because there's a lot of different facets that go into this, right? So uh, small yeah. clients, approval is fast. If you're working right. with, you know, someone who really gets you and you get them. Right. Uh, you get to come up with something and be like, hey, I want to do ABC. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be great for this market that mm-hmm. you want to do. And then if you have that relationship with the client, it'll go really fast. Yeah. The downside with smaller clients, they don't usually have a lot of budget. Yeah. So you either have to be... Some people would say less creative. I'd say more creative with how you're going to deploy your ideas. Right, right, absolutely. So, so you, you have to be creative and cheap. Oh yeah, if you've got <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if like big clients, you got like a several million dollar budget. Yeah, you know that's not all just for one idea. You mm-hmm. know, if you want to use a celebrity, yeah. that could be half the budget. You have one thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but if you want to use some uh, celebrity in a smaller thing, like you got to find a way to work around that. A good example of this is like <clears throat> there's been some print ads where they will find uh, P- uh, and I saw this ad campaign it was really funny they mm. found people with names that were almost identical to celebrities oh. and they and they went and asked them they said hey uh, do you like this product and are you okay with us quoting them and they put it on the print so he says like instead of Michael Jordan B. Jordan they'd have like Michael J. Jordan like loves <laughs> yeah. like Wheaties for example so they found a way to like make it work with the budget mm-hmm. push the creative and make it work for that client because they don't have as much money to hire eight different celebrities right right yeah. and clients love saving money i'll say that as far as deployment if you have a great relationship with your big clients and you have a great relationship with your small clients they can both get out the door fast mm-hmm. yeah but most big clients and i'll talk about walmart specifically because it's such a large company yeah there's a lot of different filters so it's not just like your internal mm-hmm. critics right it's not just you your right. boss your boss boss your boss 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 right it's also the liaison, their company, mm-hmm. their yeah. company's boss, their company's boss. And it's just like a lot of different filters. So trying to keep the idea true to what you had, like if it's a great idea, hopefully everyone recognizes it. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of hands in the honeypot. Yeah. So yeah. that's a challenge that most big clients face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I work for a big company and I can definitely relate that <clears throat> whenever we do anything, whenever we bring in uh, an outside agency, there's like, fight with different people who have to like sign off on something mm-hmm. and it's very frustrating from my oh, yeah. from my perspective because <laughs> i'm like i guess it's taking three weeks oh, yeah. you're right, you right once yeah. again 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 and that's something that ties back to tone right yeah because yeah. you could write a perfect sentence yeah but then you have to write that perfect sentence in your boss's tone their boss's tone the yeah. liaison's tone the client's tone and that slowly evolves and then all of a sudden you're like okay where was the original sentence exactly right? So that's a that's a balancing act that you need to find with those bigger clients. Yeah. 
You have, to, you have to make sure your original idea doesn't get swallowed by oh, yeah. all and the input. The, mm-hmm. and that's part of sticking up for yourself as a creative, as yeah. well as like if you're working with an agency, an agency. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this past February, you uh, won a few gold Addies at the American Advertising Awards oh, here yeah. in Houston. That was fun. Can you talk a little bit about the campaigns that won and how the inspiration for them came around and maybe what it felt like to uh, to get that gold? You know, I'd love to, but I got to take a quick pause here and yeah. say that I loved the uh, Houston AF Awards this year. I thought oh, they were put on really well. Absolutely. I, you know, everybody puts in the work to get those events together really, mm-hmm. really digs deep. And I just want to take a moment to appreciate that because, I mean, it's the venue, it's the list, it's the video. I mean, yeah. The yeah. video was really cute this year. So. Yeah, it really was. Uh, as far as winning gold, you know, uh, I, I helped put on one of the... Uh, the Addy Awards, or sorry, American Advertising Awards. <laughs> uh, we got to use the official yes, jargon. Yes. The Addy is the <laughs> trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is mm-hmm. the yeah. American Advertising Awards. It's yeah. just such a mouthful, you know. Every, it's really yeah. triple A's. You got to balance re- re- being yeah. respectful versus being efficient. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I helped put that on one year, and I would say my favorite idea of what it feels like to win gold, you know, we were talking to Kay Krennic, uh she, oh, yeah, yeah. She, we were going for like a meditative vibe and she was like when you want gold like I want there to be like this prayer for it to come in you just like go and you alm and you go gold gold, <laughs> gold and that's that's kind of the anticipation when you're sitting in the room yeah. mm-hmm. and when you actually get it it's just I mean you just you go from meditative to explosive so it's like oh I gotta stand yeah. up I gotta clap everyone's gonna clap I get yeah. to look at my boss and be like big thumb up and get that mm. thumb up back that's always a good moment yeah so, <laughs> no, it's amazing I'll say something that Lopez does really well when it comes to gold uh, addies and otherwise is giving credit where credit is due, right? And this is something that I hope uh, all agencies embrace. Like anyone who touched the project in any way is equally as important as anyone who spent the long nights on it. And by that, I mean like, you know... this is a ty- like a tired example, but like the janitor could walk by and be like, <laughs> here's, like here's the idea for the campaign. You know, I've been sweeping every day. I hear you guys talk about this. And what if you tried this? And if that one little insight helped make it better, mm-hmm. then that person's name's included. Nice. Yeah. And that's something like as far as teamwork and stru- team structure goes that I think is really impressive at uh, L- LNC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do remember that anytime they won an award, maybe like about a minute because <laughs> Oh, yeah. A bunch of people name, oh, yeah. Uh, we... and yeah, that's amazing from uh, such a big agency, right? Oh, that yeah. they recognize all the talent and all the the work that goes into we, it. We usually max out the name list. <laughs> nice. And we'll like we'll pull people aside and be like, "All right, so we've already got a name list of twelve. Like, are you comfortable? <laughs> if you don't get on this one, we'll be like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, go and for it." If I'm not mistaken, did you guys also win a best of show? Uh, we did. So that was for, I believe. That's not something I worked on. That was something I ah, believe okay. Luigi worked on for graphic design for World Fest Houston, and yeah. it was it was really good print actually. Uh, I, I you know I don't remember it, but I'm I'm sure it was amazing. So uh, I, I can tell you like the general premise. Yeah. So the insight was based on the world uh, Houston World Festival has been like the longest running uh, international film festival like oh, in the U.S. Yeah, for such a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it was like stripping back all the posters of like the past. Yeah. I could guesstimate 50 years, right? And you could still see the same poster. Mm-hmm. And it just, it nailed the insight. It nailed the presentation. And I think it won Breast of Show for design. Yeah, I believe yeah. that's what it was. That's amazing. That was cool. Yeah. 
So you attended a portfolio school after college? I did. Yeah. So two questions. What's a portfolio school? (laughs) (laughs) And would you recommend this path for young professionals? So uh, for context and for anyone who's interested, the portfolio school I went to is called Job Propulsion Labs. It's run by a guy named Bart Cleveland out in Austin, and he's an excellent mentor, excellent teacher, and he really knows his stuff about advertising. Uh, Selfless plug there. (laughs) Building off that. Shout out. I felt like I needed to do portfolio school after college because uh, as a program, a lot of colleges focus on the science of advertising, Mm -hmm. right? The research, the analytics, the media plans. Uh, A lot of colleges lack that creative structure. That's something that Texas State has built on since I've left, and they've done a really good job doing that. I know a lot of the professors there have really bulked up the creative side since I graduated. But when I was applying for jobs afterwards, especially for creatives, which is probably the most competitive spots of advertising, right? Everybody yeah. wants to be the fun people who you know, work in business. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to expand myself beyond what I just already learned. And that's what I did. And I actually started portfolio school after working at Lopez. So it's funny, I got yeah. I got hired and then I was like, you know what? I want to be better. So I went and I did <laughs> my great. nights in portfolio yeah. school. And um, you know, Bart's program is really flexible unless you do stuff like that. But if and this is something I want to touch on as far as portfolio schools. If you want to go to a big one, right? Yeah. Like one of the really big ones. I like I get ads for full sale all the time. I don't I couldn't <laughs> tell you about full scale, but I'll say like uh Miami ad school. Yeah. You know, ones like that. And you could go there and you could hypothetically replace your college education with that. Oh. The thing is, uh, at a certain point, if you want to keep going up in the industry, you'll probably have to go back and get some form of degree. Like if you yeah. want to go from senior copywriter, you know, you say you're working marketing, say you're mm-hmm. working like 92000 per year because you're just generating sales and you're making commission yeah. on every single sale you generate. If you want to lead a team and certain companies are like, well, we like your experience, but we want you to have a degree, then, yeah. you know, the company might pay for you to go to school. Yeah. So nice. it's just something to look forward like to down the line. And I don't mean like I get excited about going back to school. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying you may have to uh, later on in your career go back and check that box. Right. Just depending on where you work. Absolutely. But the most valuable experience is experience. So if you don't hit that hurdle, that's totally natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to touch a little bit on what you said about um, universities mostly focusing on the science, um, I definitely think that that's, that's true, right? I yeah. mean, there are classes like EdSec or like uh, the University of Houston had a local campaigns class. Um, yeah, that, their professors, they're really good too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they let you be a little, you know, be creative and whatnot, but definitely a lot of what you learn in college it's not always super helpful when it comes to joining the creative side or even joining the, the industry at times because every diff, every agency, every company does things differently, mm-hmm. right? So having that science, having that basic knowledge is great, but you're going to learn most of it on the job and you're going to, and you know, sometimes you'll just need to expand the portfolio, which is when portfolio school comes in handy. Yeah. Uh, and then to the other thing is, yeah, education is one of those things that sometimes you just need because that's one of the requisites for a job. Yeah. Right. Sometimes they just want you to have a master's degree because they won't let you, you know, they won't hire you as a manager unless you have one, which yeah. is silly at times, but I mean, you kind of get it. So to expand on that thought of like yeah. needing a master's degree to apply for a job, right? Something yeah. I was told 
and networking. And I, I know the next segment we're going to get into is networking. Yeah. So I'm excited to get on that. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to give you a pre- pre- quick prelude. Yeah. A little foreshadowing uh, here. If you, <laughs> epic foreshadowing. Epic foreshadowing. If you don't have one of the boxes, right? So yeah. say you've got an amazing book. You've got your website set up. You've been doing three years of copywriting. And you find this job and you're like, oh, we want someone with five years of experience. And yeah. you don't have a master's. Apply anyway. Yeah. Do it anyway. And put the legwork in for the uh, for the cover letter because you know you don't hit that qualification. Yeah. You know, some recruiters, they're like, oh, you're missing that box. You're out. Other recruiters are like, all right, you're missing that box. But you showed this confidence. Right. Why? Yeah. And they'll go read your cover letter and they'll be like, oh, yeah. that's why. You know, you can uh, flaunt some of your skills and they'll be like, all right, we'll give you a shot with an interview. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is they just don't answer you. Yeah. Or they say no. So. And, yeah. you know, one of the reasons I became a copywriter instead of a salesman, uh, people don't say no to my face. They just don't click the link. <laughs> so, uh, go get the experience yeah. while you can. It's much easier the rejection when they're not looking at you. Oh, yeah. But you get a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it's getting yeah. served three times as many people. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, do you have any advice for young people who want to join the industry as copywriters? Maybe they're like finishing up college or maybe they just finished college. They're not sure where they want to go. I got another uh, selfless uh, self plug here. All right, there uh, you go. Go talk to Add to Houston. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It doesn't matter if you're in Dallas. It doesn't matter if you're in Austin. It doesn't matter if you're in Houston. You know, they all have different size ad agencies. But networking is the best way to meet people who do what you want to do so you can learn from them yes. or know someone who does so you can have a chance to talk to them you know there's Absolutely. you can be the most qualified person in the world but if you don't know anybody no right. one knows you yeah. no one thinks you're worth anything exactly. you know so that's something i'd recommend and of course there's other you know networking and uh ways to build yourself outside of that too you know don't yeah. limit yourself to just that and but i the reason i talk about that too is because it's nationwide you know, any major yes. city or most of them has a group of people who like doing what you want to do yes. and are interested in meeting you and they've already signed up. Exactly. So I'd recommend yeah, that as a good starting point. If you don't want to start there, and I don't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite nice. <laughs> what I'd recommend to uh, breaking in is really just the watered down version. Like go meet people, go mm-hmm. to events, yeah. you know, because... Honing your craft is the first step. Yes. But you can only sharpen your own whetstone so much. Like you need to find someone else who knows how to sharpen it better. You need to learn from them. And you're not going to find them at home. Right. And that's becoming less true with the internet. But like, uh, say yeah. you buy like a 200-hour tw- you know, course on copywriting. <laughs> Depending on which coach, coach you get, you might not be able to ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and there's a lot out there. You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the new way to get passive income, you know. Yeah, sell your skills. Being sell a coach, skills. yeah. Uh, oh man, what's that company? The one that has all the great classes or uh, something? Master Master class. Master class. Yeah, yeah that's a, we should get them a sponsor. I feel like <laughs> I feel like since the pandemic, everybody became like a life coach or some or oh, some yeah. sort of coach. That, like that became if, yeah. if lucrative can, for a lot of people. Yeah, you permanently digitize your knowledge. Yeah, you can yeah. sell it as a product. Yeah, because right? you know online content is evergreen. Yeah, yeah. but not till the industry changes. Not all knowledge is equal. No, that's true. To be honest. Yeah, that's right. Because this podcast knowledge is the best, right? Yeah, 100%. of course. Of course. You know, it's funny you should say, uh, mention networking and Ad2 because I believe, Guido, Ad2 has an event coming up for networking, correct? Uh, yes, we have our uh, Beers with Peers. Oh, sorry. Beers yes, with Peers. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, which also has the trivia night 
yeah. um, aspect to it uh, coming up in on May 18th. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have some more information about it at the end. Yeah. Uh, but definitely check us out. It's going to be it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, just a sort of plug for us to put in there. Uh, First time we plug in the middle. Yeah, right? Yeah. Trying new things. So you you touched on it before because, you know, you seem to have a sixth sense about these questions that we give you. Uh, networking, <laughs> sense. networking is very <laughs> crucial for... Uh, for any industry, for any career, um, do you have any advice for young people who are looking to expand their networks outside of going to an Ad2 event on May 18th? Or any other. Or any other event. event. Yeah. So if you want to go like outside of the young professionals looking for professional help, uh, and this is something a lot of people can feel ashamed to do or a little bit too timid to do, like talk to your family. Like your family yeah. knows a lot of people mm -hmm. and it might not be the most glamorous thing for, you know, your dad or your uncle to be like, hey, uh, I've got this uh, bright young whippersnapper with a college degree now and they really, really want to make your business look yeah. great. But, you know, you get past that, you know, rough introduction and it's still a great way to meet people because, you know, I mean, if you like your family and they're good people and they're willing to introduce you and people trust them, it's it's. It's leaning on the trust of others. That's right. all networking is. Absolutely. And if you can start with strangers and you're confident doing that, mm -hmm. do it. If, you can, if you're not confident doing that, you know, start with people who already trust you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. And they're biased. Yeah. Especially yeah. <laughs> from your family. Oh, yeah. They've been around longer. No, no one is going to hype you up like your parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You would hope so. You would hope uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that you said earlier is, yes, uh, when it comes to this industry and probably almost any industry is not necessarily what you know, but who you know, mm. but also who knows you. Yeah. Because if they don't know you or no one knows about you, then why should they take a chance on you? Right. Yeah. It's and uh, networking is terrifying oh, at times yeah. right? when you're trying to meet a new person, especially if you're an introverted person. Oh yeah. Every um, professional is a attractive person at a bar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it's just one of those things that we cannot stress enough how important it is, uh, and which why which is why we have all these events that we try to throw so that people can get to know each other and get to know the agent or the industry. Oh yeah, nothing breaks the ice like trivia. Yeah, trivia. Yeah. Introverted people tend to know a lot of things, so yeah, they'll score well, and you'll you be go. like, oh, come to trivia, things. find a team, <laughs> meet new people, win prizes, <laughs> and you know, join out too while you're at it. Or AAF, if you're over 32. You know, we're not against that either. Um, but Zach, uh, Zach, that's actually all the questions we have for you today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet us today. Um, and, you know, we we hope that um, we can continue to work with you, right? Mm -hmm. And we hope that uh, you'll be able to attend our trivia night on May 18th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but is there anything that you uh, you want to plug or you want to say? Any final thoughts that you have? I think I've plugged enough things. Oh, okay, Just... great. <laughs> find Zach on LinkedIn. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I'm on board with the uh, LinkedIn open networkers, so I don't need to know. You just send an ad. I'll Pretty much. Up. Yes, yeah. accept it. <laughs> yes, and tell him what your favorite uh, Geico commercial was. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Zach. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks. Always great to see you guys. Thank you. Cool. Hey, everyone. Before we leave, I wanted to remind you that our public service client this year, Palmer Drug Abuse Program, is having their annual Pedash Fun Run on Saturday, May 6th at 8 a.m. The run will take place in Bear Creek Park, 
and all the proceeds will go towards funding the great programs that they offer to young people dealing with substance abuse. Once again, that's Saturday, May 6th at 8 a.m. at Bear Creek Park. I will be there, Jacob will be there, and some of our other teammates will be there too. So we look forward to seeing you as well. Hey, before we go, mark your calendars for AAF and Add to Houston's Beers with Peers on May 18th. Join us for a night of trivia, networking, and fun, and connect with advertising and marketing professionals from around the city. Square off against the sharpest creative minds in Houston at this year's Trivia Night. Play by yourself or with a team of up to 14 mates and compete for trivia supremacy. Want to put your name in front of Houston's movers and shakers of the industry? Sponsorship opportunities for this event are available. Go to our Facebook page or click the link in the description for more information on how you can get involved. Once again, that's May 18th at La Grange. Doors open at 5.30, trivia starts at 6. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Amigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.